Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Stand by for an urgent bulletin. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Now, I'm going to be honest with you here. But here's what I've learned about myself over the years. I have a high-functioning brain. You! You seem to know all the players in this poorly acted farce. What do they call that one? Jeff Lutz. Goodness gracious, you're really struggling today. If I had said that, I mean, I'd be kicked off the show permanently. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Hello again, everybody. It's a Friday edition, the Bob and Jeff Show, KFH Radio. We're in a confused state, as always. Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz, your co-host. Max Bauer producing, engineering the show today, right here on 975-1240-KFH. What do you have to say for yourself? What do I need to say for myself? You need to defend yourself. Okay. You need to defend your character. And, uh, My character. Yeah, some of you, some of the way you are. Okay, for example, just just start defending. Okay, yesterday on this show, uh, we were talking Celtics Hawks. This is where you're going. Well, you asked you me happen to, do- to stumble into some correct f- field goal percentage shooting for not Trae field Young. goal percentage, field goal makes and misses. Right. Uh, you stumble into that. Didn't stumble into it. That's what he is. And this is where you're going. And I Why? wish we had that clip of me saying that Trey Young would go nine for twenty eight. We don't. And we we even if we did, we wouldn't. Feel I bet Max need. would be willing to find it because it it came uh, against his Celtics in a winning effort for the Celtics uh, when Trey Young proved once again that he is not the star that you want him to be. Oh, he's the star. He just doesn't have enough around. He's him. got plenty around him. No, he really doesn't. Last night, Trey Young uh, scored 30 points. Yes, on 9 of 20. 28 shots to get 30 points. 28 shots. Uh, Nobody else on that team did much of anything. And uh, they fall to the Celtics. Although that game was... uh, that game was anybody's game going into the fourth quarter. What what did Atlanta shoot overall? Atlanta overall, uh, well, Boston shot 50%. Understood. Atlanta shot 46.8%. But what was, what was their shoots, uh, shooting makes and field goal attempts? 44 for 94. So Trey Young went 9 for 28. That means everyone else went 35 for... 56? I mean, that's pretty no, good. 66. No, 56. No. 28 and 56 is 94. No. No. 28 and 66 I is don't 94. Think so. You know it. So, See, thir- that's, this so is 39 of, So either way, 39 no, no, of 66. Wait a minute, Jeff. This is your character that I'm talking about. This is where you are in your life. You know I'm right. Fine. About- but isn't that well over 50%? Well, but but yeah, no. and no one else did anything. So he lost them the game. No, he kept them in the game. No, he lost them the game. the game. You know that. 
Trey Young's a fine player, and you'd love to have him on your team. No, nobody would. Huh. Well, that's just asinine. That's an underachieving team because of him. He's a 43% field goal shooter overall. And in this day and age in the NBA, that's not bad. That's not horrible. He averages 10.2 assists per game. So he's not a shoot-first-all-the-time guy. He's a double-figure assist guy. Okay, but in the playoffs, give me those numbers because he never shoots well in the playoffs, and he shoots his team out of a series, which he has done yet again. Well, I disagree with you. Uh, this year, uh, as I said, a 43% shooter. He was down in his three-point percentage this year. Last year, he was very good, 38%, uh, down to 34% this year. Uh, but Trey Young is a is a star. He's a pretty good offensive player. That's all he is. No, he's a he's a he's a better than pretty good offensive player. He's the reason the Hawks are uh, what they are. That's just not true. Eight six nine twelve forty. That's the hotline. It's sponsored by IHOP. I defense matters. You know that, right? Trey Young's fine. He's Jay, terrible defensive player. That's all he is. He's just a good. He's just a good player. That's it. So what? You you feel you don't even care about the NBA. Yes, I do. No, you don't. You've said it on this show. You haven't watched much of the playoffs. I read about it. That's not. I can't be, watch everything, but that's I stop being a fan. It's, being a fan is getting there every night on your couch. Well, with being a, a fan is also with being a bowl of, of popcorn that's not one day stale. Well, I I want the stuff. I heard I heard about that last night. I don't care who. Oh, you don't need to know. See, these are these are your people, right? No, they're not my people. These are your people. Too scared to say anything to me. No, they don't know uh, you. I have that Trey Young thing. If you want, let's it. hear the let's oh, hear let's the let's hear that Max. Let's hear so, the Trey Young. So clip. Jeff can one for once in seven years. Jeff hit something on the nail. On the nail. Let's I don't know. This is the one I found. I'll look for more if this is not it. Here it yeah, is. go with it. What were what were we talking? Trey about? Young is Trey Young will be a guy that might win you a playoff round or two. You're not going to win an NBA championship if with him. If you surround him with some other guys, right? But he can't he can be, be the best player on a championship. False. Team. No, absolutely. He true. absolutely cannot. Absolutely. He plays no defense. And when he gets in the playoffs, he shoots nine for twenty-eight every night. Did you see what he did? Last yeah, he night. made a. It wasn't last night. It was two nights. Are ago. you did taking you that? So Boom. That, he made a great nine for twenty-eight. Thanks, man. Those aren't just numbers you come up. You're with. taking some satisfaction in that. Not some. I'm taking all of it. Well, my people will hammer you again tonight at J Lutz eighty-two. Bob's the people. They said yesterday. Well, they're, they're wow. You want to talk about cowardly? Wow. Cowards. <laughs> Boy, they were all over you about eating my one-day-old popcorn. That's good for them. I like stale popcorn. They couldn't believe it. Don't care. They When I when I uh, arrived last night, three guys approached no, me. No, they didn't. And said, are you kidding me about your son eating now, your... Now nobody believes that that happened. About your son eating your stale popcorn? You're kidding me about that. I said, well, he said it. Uh, and he said it's not the first time he's done it. Not even close. So if you walked into a stranger's house on... Uh, Why would I walk into a stranger's uh, house? Let's just say you I've did. I've never been to a stranger's uh, house. Let's say you did on East 27th Street. For and, what? Well, you were there to look at the painting. And uh, Well, and I would you, know and, that person. Okay, well, but if they're a stranger, you're, the, you're there, you don't know them. You just found out they had a painting for sale. 
You're 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 curious. I don't about want. It. I'm not. No, I'm not. You, I'm not you, entering. You want to look at the painting, and you happen to see some popcorn sitting on a counter. Looks like they've eaten through it a little bit. Maybe a little. You sure, know. I'll have some. You'll you'll grab a handful have, of popcorn. Maybe two. In a stranger's house. This is your house. You are my father. Like who cares? It's, pop, it's popcorn. We feed that to the birds. Not, After we're done with it, we say we've had enough of this popcorn. Uh, it's down to the the kernels and the you know, it's just it's just it's not, been, no, it wasn't. There was a substantial amount of popcorn. Still is. I might go have another handful. It's just been sitting there, and uh, and and you grab a handful. Boy, the, my guys were just it's delicious. My guys were just uh, bent, well. Your guys been out of shape. Your about guys that. might need to get a life. That might be something they could look into. Marcus, if you're listening, don't be dissuaded by this. Or, I'm, you know, talk to me yourself. Ah, Marcus doesn't know you. Well, that's his problem. What's he supposed to say? Hey, why why would you eat his popcorn? Yeah. He's going to he's going to ask me about and, it. And think about how dumb that sounds. Asking someone why would you eat somebody else? That's well, why no, he it didn't, doesn't That's sound why dumb. he didn't come to me cuz he knows that sounds stupid. It doesn't sound dumb at that's all. That's a waste of time. It sounds like a legitimate question. You know, I heard on the radio, I think you were saying that uh, you ate some of your dad's day-old popcorn. So what if you'd left a bag of Cheetos out and it was open, right? And it was stale now. I'm not, I, I shouldn't eat those? No, I wouldn't. Why? If I saw a bag of Cheetos that was wide open in, in a stranger's house? I, it's your or, house. Or even a relative's house. <laughs> not just a relative. Or even my son's house. I'm not going to go grab a, a nice hand of Cheetos. You're not going to have Cheetos. No. You're, you're lying. Now, now you're just lying. Now, if I saw some a Starburst still in the wrapper, sure. But I'm not going to. I'm not what, gonna, if it was a, what if it was two Oreos? No, I'm not grabbing Oreos. They're, they're probably sitting out. They've become uh, kind of mushy. They've lost their crispness. I'm How do you know that? Them. You haven't I'm eaten not, them. I'm not trying them. What if it's uh, a cinnamon roll? No. Heavens really? No. You mean a, a partly eaten cinnamon roll? No, it's, it's, it's uh, let's say it's cut in half. Someone took half of it but cut it uh, 12 hours ago. Well, if there's a knife sitting by it and I can determine that it's definitely been cut, I might. But it was, it was but left it, out for a while. Well, then if it's gotten hard, I'm not messing with it. It hasn't. Well, then I'm messing with it. Okay. But this popcorn, what's like, you know, like people at uh, workplaces, they will bring donuts, cake. Sometimes they sit out for a day and sometimes someone would still eat the, the one the next day. I don't know what the difference is. Uh, is your is your guy texting you? My friend Marcus, the, the person. The coward. Oh, he's now a coward. One <laughs> yeah. of the great one of the great guys. One well, of the great. Prove it, Mark. Oh, well, now you're now you're insulting one of my friends. Yeah, Marky. Here's what he said. Oh, Marky. <laughs> he says, I'm listening, and I would ask Jeff the same question if I saw him. That's gross. Does he not have a phone? He's asking you right now. He didn't ask me anything. He said, that's gross. Through me, he's asking you. What's gross? You eating my popcorn but why? daily. It's just gross. But why? It just, it just, it just strikes me as I, I, I'd have to be, I don't know, if I was on a desert island, and somebody told me my dad's popcorn could 
cause me to live for another day. But you got to remember, he's already eaten through it. I'd probably say, eh. But let's I don't get it, what's gross. Let's call it a day. I don't get I don't what's need gross. another day. I don't understand what's gross about it. That's, I guess, where we're at. I guess so. It's all in the eye of the belt or the stomach or the taste buds or the uh, whatever. It's popcorn. Right? Yeah, but I would not I would never grab popcorn in another person's house. I, I just wouldn't. That's cool. I, just, it, I, it, I, I like eating your popcorn. I, I just can't fathom it. Well, I, I, you and I, Marcus go join a support group then. Well, I think seems I, like you're really having a tough time with this. I, I dare say most people would side with us. <laughs> well, that seems to be the theme of the show. So I don't know I, that it's the theme of the I'm show. Not, I don't mind being an outcast yet again. Well, you're not, I don't know that you're an outcast. Let's uh, get to Dave who holds. Hello, Dave. Yes, hey, Bob. Uh, first, I want to apologize to you. Um, when you were talking about the greatest spy, K-State, I thought you were talking about only administration and coaches. That's why I threw Vince Gibson in there. I didn't know that you were talking about players. Um, I got one for you. I know a lot well, of I wouldn't put Well, I wouldn't put Vince Gibson even on a list of uh, oh, administrators and coaches. Or, or, or coaches? Well, I would because he got the stadium built there. And he turned he turned it around. We only won like one or two games before he got there. So, but um, I would like to throw in a player, and not Rolando Blackman, even though I know you guys were talking about him. I would say Mark Seminole, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, they had 43 wins in his four years. Only Florida State had more wins than that. They were constantly ranked in the top ten in his four years. And Mark Seminole was All-American. He was All-Big 8 or All-Big 12 four or three years. And he's a winner. He turned that program around. And Mark Seminole is really, if you're going to talk about one player for K-State, Michael Mark Bishop. Seminole is the man. <laughs> Dave, I love you, man. But we we do not see eye-to-eye on our K-State uh, Mount Rushmore. Players? Well, Mark Semino uh, well, would be I, in the top ten, but he certainly wouldn't be in the top five. I don't believe. Well, uh, I'll tell you, for he's me, a winner. And, he, and we were ranked in the top. We were ranked the top ten every year when he was there, and he, we got a couple big bowl wins. We won with the Fiesta Bowl against Donovan Dam at Syracuse. Mark, and we never lost to Texas with him there. Mark Semino is a winner, and. And he set the foundation for K-State football. All right, that's all I have to say, Bob. I wanted to get it straight with you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good Now, see, Dave, that's uh, congruent to eating stale popcorn. Mark Semino. I love Mark Semino. Puts me in a tough spot. There's no question Mark Semino is an all-time great K-Stater. But he's not on the Mount Rushmore of K-State athletes. Of course not. Unless it's Dave's. Dave's... It's a subjective list. Right. Most people would not have Seminole on that list. I can think of three quarterbacks ahead of Seminole. Uh, well, two quarterbacks and a running back. Uh, Sproles, Bishop, Colin Klein. Does Bishop deserve to be there based on one year? Yes. One two year. years. Yeah, but really one year. No, two years. What did he do his other He was year? great. He beat uh, Donovan McNabb. In his in his junior year, 
And then he almost had K-State in the national championship game his senior year, and but not for his fumble in the Big 12 championship game against Texas A&M. If they win that game, they go to the national championship game a year after beating uh, Syracuse and Donovan McNabb in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, I remember. Uh, so Michael Bishop had great back-to-back years. As okay, a I'll give it to him. Thank you. I don't win many arguments with you. You dig in. You're not willing to listen to rationality. No, a lot of times I do ask questions for to gain uh, information and knowledge. So I was I was uh, mistaken on that. I was wrong, but I was off the beaten path a little bit. I'd have to go uh, top ten all-time K-State football players. That's going to be my top ten list next week. I thought you'd done that, that already. I don't think so. Maybe because not. that's a tough list. Uh, that's a that's a hard list, and that would would require some extensive research. Uh, Pre Snyder era would have some representation. They would have to, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, when you're talking about Lynn Dickey and Steve Grogan, uh, you'd have to have those guys. Gary Spaney. I mean, there would be some Pre Snyder representation so right there i've named three that only leaves seven spots would there be any post night i wouldn't go into the would deuce vaughn be on that list i believe he probably would that leaves six Mm, you shouldn't go in with any preconceived notions i'm not but i'm saying but you're already saying i'm down to six i'm saying in my head that's what i'm thinking we don't know for sure that without without delving in that's what i'm thinking that's what you're thinking, but... I'm going to do some more research, but right now that's what I'm thinking. And when I think something, it's usually pretty spot on. Wouldn't you agree? Mm, let's go to break. No, I'm not going to break. <laughs> Is it too early? When I think something, I'm asking you Can now. we play that Trey Young clip no, again? I'm asking you like you're on the witness stand. When I think something, am I usually accurate? That's leading the witness objection okay i'll rephrase your honor (laughs) do you think in your opinion am i accurate most of the time no (laughs) well i disagree with you i I completely disagree with you well i'm under oath so i don't know what to tell you you are under oath um all right here's what's on tap taylor eldridge will join us at 225 just a few minutes away We'll get his update on where the Shockers are and building a roster, uh, what he thinks, what the team might look like. Uh, we saw the kid from Oral Roberts pick Texas. Not he did. A, not a surprise. Uh, I know, but I wanted them to pick. And, you know, Wichita State, however, to what degree they were in it, I, st- I don't think they were very much in it. So I don't know. So I wanted them to pick K-State. Well, we'd, we would have enjoyed that, but he picked Texas. Uh, and best of luck to him. Asmus, is that how you Max say? Asmus. Why does he say his name? I like? don't know. Try to figure it out for me. Maybe we can ask Taylor. It's A-B-M-A-S, right? Yes. In any world I've lived in, that's Abmus. Or Abmus. What, and how does he say it? Asmus. Asmus? Yeah. How would you spell that if you just heard it? Hey, my name's Max Asmus. I'd say A-S-M-I-S. Something like that, or A-S-M-U-S, or O-S, or A-S, I mean, any of them. A-Smith. 
A-I-S-M-U-S. I don't know. It wouldn't be but no, A-B. But I don't hear any B in there. I've never heard of a silent B. It's not just a silent B. It's a B that acts as an S. Figure that out for me. I will. I'm going to do my own research on that, in fact. I mean, uh, I'm I'm curious to know about that. What time do we want uh, Anthony Capra? 3.25 if he's available. Is he? Yes. All right. We'll get him on on a rare day when I'm on. Does he know I'm on? Uh, I think so. Did you uh did you did you text that to him? Because it's usually you and Duda that have Cap on. Well, I usually would ask him, "Do you have any time with for me and Duda today?" What'd you say? I just said you have time. We thought we had a one-hour show, so now we're scrambling a bit. Don't put that out there. I'm not gonna lie to anybody. <laughs> we get so confused about uh, what we're doing that we don't. We can barely pull it off every day. It's a it's a battle. All right, Bob and Jeff, KFH, we'll be back in a moment. We'll talk with Wichita State beat writer Taylor Eldridge next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. We are honoring precipitation, of which we've had an amount this week. Rainy Day Woman from Bob Dylan. Uh, and we're ready for the rain to stop. Uh, we need to get back to baseball now. We've had sufficient amounts, right, for a little while. Yeah. It can sustain us for a while. And now it's important to get baseball games in. Surge have gotten them in, but yeah, I, they have. we need you to get yours we in. Need, we, we can't play tonight. So we're going to uh, – next week we're going to look at uh, playing all week long with a full slate of games out at McAdams Park. Taylor Eldridge joins us from the Wichita Eagle, Wichita State beat writer, and, of course, everybody curious about a lot of things pertaining to the Shockers, their softball program, their baseball program, a new women's basketball coach. But, as always, the top of the list is men's basketball. Taylor, welcome. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. So, as we watch uh, Paul Mills construct this roster along with his assistant coaches, uh, with limited openings left, there's still obviously some work to do. Uh, how do you assess things so far? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, they have four spots left, and, uh, you know, they filled. Uh, they were, you know, he gets hired, no news for, like, two, three weeks. Uh, then they, they add, you know, two guys, like, back-to-back on the same day. Uh, you know, they get Bijan Cortez uh, not long after, and now it's kind of been another little bit of a lull. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of strange. Uh, uh, you know, I thought there would be a little more action uh, before now, but, you know, um, you know, like I said before, you know, I'm not as plugged in with this new uh, coaching staff as I, you know, I'm still building those relationships, those bonds. So I don't really have, like, a, you know, a, a good feel for, you know, what they're looking for in recruiting. And, uh, you know, obviously it's still relatively early, uh, you know, uh, guys can still go in the portal up until May 11th. Uh, so the portal is not even, uh, you know, that action is not even closed yet. So there, there's still time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's maybe a little slower than than uh, expected, but uh, still, you know, many more weeks to come. And, uh, you know, there's still a lot of good JUCO guys out there, a lot of good high school seniors uh, that have been unsigned. So uh, we it does i do feel you're kind of cutting out on us taylor which has never happened before have you paid yourself bill (laughs) oh yeah can you hear me yeah we got you now okay yeah i was uh i was just saying that uh um yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see what they do with these final four slots i feel like they probably need to add at least one or two more impact players uh and then uh we'll see what they do with those last few spots but uh Still relatively early, but uh, we'll have to see in, uh, what they do these next couple weeks. You've uh, mentioned over the last couple of days uh, a couple of uh, players that Wichita State has has shown interest in or contacted. One of those is Parker Brown. I don't remember. Maybe a De- DePaul transfer in there. I can't remember the other one. But do you get the sense that uh, these are the type of guys that Paul Mills and, and Wichita State would have been after even a month ago? Or does it feel like to you that maybe the, the pickings are getting a little bit slim? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's so hard to, to know exactly what, like, the, the interest or, like, reach out. Like, what does that mean? Is it just, like, a text? Uh, is it just, like, uh, an email or something like that? Uh, you know, I don't know how serious that is. But, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's a Kansas kid. Uh, you know, he had solid production last year at Santa Clara, which was a pretty good team. So, I mean, I don't think it's, like, unreasonable to think that he could come in as a grad transfer and, uh, you know, be a rotation piece for Wichita State. But, uh I mean, it's hard to know. Like I said, I mean, it's uh, I don't really have a good feel for, you know, what exactly they're looking for in recruiting. Um, so, I mean, it's tough to, to kind of st- – all I would be doing is just speculating from the outside, basically. Talking uh, with Taylor Eldridge, beat writer for Wichita State. Uh, yeah, so you, you mentioned, you know, when, when a coaching regime changes, and uh, that's always a challenge for the guy that covers the team to some degree because – you're trying to feel things out. You're trying to get a feel for what's going on. You're trying to get to know the new coach and his staff. Uh, what is the challenge of doing that? Yeah, I mean, uh, especially, you know, I walked in and uh, a lot of those guys had been established for a really long time. Uh, you know, Dominic Cocone had been there for since the beginning, since the beginning of the Marshall era. And, uh, you know, a lot of the assistant uh, coaches had been there for a while. So, you know, I had, had, you know, built up those relationships over the last, you know, four, five, six years. And, uh, yeah, now a lot of those guys are gone, basically everyone. So, uh, and, you know, Wichita State hasn't, uh, you know, made them 
uh, available too much, uh, you know, to the media. I think only one time for the assistance, and uh, we've talked uh, two times with Coach Mills. So uh, it's tough to kind of build that up without, you know, putting in that face time. And, you know, you got to build up trust and, uh, uh, you know, show them that, uh, uh, you know, you can be trustworthy. So that, that just takes time. And uh, and right now, like I said, I mean, I would love to be, you know, given, uh, you know, recruiting scoops and uh, being kind of plugged in on that. But I think they're kind of – I think their preference right now is kind of flying under the radar – uh, that, that seems to be the case, at least to me, just from the outside, because not just me, you know, even like the national recruiting guys, they've all said that, you know, they're just not really hearing a lot of Wichita State buzz out there. And I think that's because this staff is kind of, uh, you know, flying under the radar in a lot of this recruiting stuff. So you uh, we obviously, since uh, you've written the article, Terry Nooner was named the women's head coach. But in your article, speculating about some possible candidates, you did have Nooner. You also mentioned Antoine Scales as a possibility, and then he ends up uh, as an assistant on that staff. So did it feel like to you that uh, Antoine was ready to make some degree of a move up, whether it was to become an assistant uh, at this level uh, or – do you think maybe he even has a future as a Division One coach at this level? And what do you think of that staff overall? Yeah, I kind of got the sense that that he was ready to to come up as an assistant. I thought the head coach, you know, it's going to be tough sell, you know, with no Division One uh, coaching experience at all. So I figured he would be, uh, you know, uh, an intriguing option to add to a staff uh, just because of his Wichita recruiting ties, uh, his ties uh, really all across Kansas. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that that would be a natural fit. And then obviously Terry Nooner comes in. Uh, he's got the KC connections, and he's actually worked with Antoine, uh, you know, back in the day. They, uh, I think he coached a team in the Missouri Phenom, uh, you know, AAU program that, that Terry Nooner came from. So, you know, they, they both knew each other from, you know, just uh, uh, being around recruiting. And uh, so they already have a relationship. And then, yeah, like the staff overall, it is kind of interesting, you know, you, you had uh, Jim Littell there last year, you know, super, uh, you know, a veteran, uh, had head coaching experience at a high level. This staff, you know, not a lot of Division One experience. You know, Nick Bradford, the former KU player, uh, he's been basically at the, you know, the JUCO, the high school ranks since yeah, he entered. Antoine Scales, same thing, JUCO, high school ranks. And then Brooke Costley, former Emporia State player, uh, she's only been D1. Uh, assistant for you know the last three or four years so not a lot of you know experience on the bench but I think this is a, a staff that's really going to go out and recruit and uh, you know that's going to be kind of a, a welcome change you know Wichita State if they can keep those Wichita kids home there's been so much division one talent over the last you know really the last 10 years that has gotten away and not played for the Shockers uh, and I think that's going to be the mission for this new staff is to keep those kids in Wichita you know, to keep them playing for the Shockers. And um, so I think that's going to be the number one goal. And that's, that's what it kind of get, uh, I get the sense of is that this staff is going to be, uh, you know, big on recruiting. And uh, we'll see how they, you know, make up for that lack of experience. But, you know, everyone I talked to said Terry Nooner, very good X and O, very good recruiter. He's ready for this chance. So uh, we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, how, how they do. And uh, it'll be very interesting to follow the progress there. Taylor Eldridge, our guest from the Wichita Eagle, you know when uh, it when when it was announced that uh, Houston, Cincinnati, and Central Florida were leaving the American and head, heading to the Big Twelve, and it was announced that the six schools that were coming to uh, the AAC, I was pretty glum about that. I didn't think that that was a 
great exchange. Uh, since then, Florida Atlantic's been to a Final Four. North Texas has played for an NIT title. UAB's coming off a 29-win season. Uh, Charlotte had a good year. Even Rice won 19 games. Is there a chance that this conference is going to be better than any of us anticipated? And do you see these programs that I just talked about as programs that have some sustainability? Yeah, I mean, I think it it just kind of depends on, you know, if you if you took the, the, the doom and gloom view, I think it will be a little bit better. But, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be better than what it what it was. You you lose the number one team in the, in, in the net rankings. You know, that's tough to replace, even if you are, you know, really strengthening up the top, the middle. Uh, but you're also adding a couple at the bottom, too, that's, that's going to kind of drag uh, that, that conference uh, net uh, down a little bit. So I think it's going to be uh, probably better than what some people expected. And, uh, you know, North Texas, that's going to be a question mark. You know, obviously Grant McCaslin, uh, you know, moves on, uh, took some of the staff with him. Uh, I think North Texas is really set up, though, in that recruiting area to really sustain that. And then you got UAB retaining their coach. You know, obviously Florida, uh, you know, Atlantic, uh, that's the big one to, to be able to keep Dusty May, sign that long-term uh, contract. They're going to be, you know, a conference championship uh, contender right right out of the gate. So um, I, I think it will be stronger than a lot of people probably first assumed, uh, but it's probably not going to be, you know, as strong as it has been in recent years with, you know, you're losing Houston, who's been, you know, a conference champion, I think, for the last six years. Cincinnati has been in the mix for a lot of that. And then UCF has kind of been a little disappointing, uh, but, uh, you know, they were always kind of strong in the middle. Uh, so uh, it, it is, uh, you know, I think they're going to take a little step back, but maybe not as big of a one as some people might have thought, you know, when that first got announced. So I want to ask you about uh, baseball real quick. They uh, they swept East Carolina, kind of put themselves on the national map a little bit. Still probably some work to do to be a postseason team, but what can you say about just the way Lynn Hibbs, um, Lauren Hibbs, has come in, sorry about that, has come in and uh, uh, kind of stabilized things there. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they've, they've really, uh, you know, kind of surprised some people, you know, these last few weeks. They really got the ball rolling. Starting pitching has been excellent. The hitting has been there. Uh, the relief pitching, that's kind of the big question mark. And, yeah, that kind of came back to bite them in that KU game that they just dropped. But that's been the kind of the problem area this whole season. But, you know, if they can shore that up, you know, they, they have been playing like a regional team, you know, for, for a couple of weeks now. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, they got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I don't think they're anywhere close to that conversation right now. I know they got ranked uh, in one of those polls. Uh, pretty surprising, you know, they had an RPI of 88. So uh, that doesn't really match up with, uh, you know, being ranked in the top 25. But, uh, you know, they got work to do, but I think it's, uh, you know, it's encouraging. They're, they're headed in the right direction. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you kind of see a lot of similarities between this season and what Isaac Brown was able to do in his interim season. You know, not uh, a couple odds stacked against this team, you know, coming in, you know, for a staff to take over late in the, in the process and be able to have success like this. Uh, I think the difference, uh, obviously, you know, Lauren Hibbs has, uh, you know, two decades of, uh, you know, head coaching experience and, uh, you know, he's proven he can uh, do this before. And, uh, and now, you know, he's making it, he's going to make it a tough uh, question on Kevin Stahl at the end of this season, you know, if they retain him 
or if they go in a new direction. But, you know, the way that they're playing, I know everybody on that team, they're just focused on, on the here and now. Uh, same thing for that staff, you know, Sirianni, Pelfrey, they've all done a great job recruiting, retaining these guys. I think it said a lot that none of those guys transferred after the coaching change, and they all suck around for this year. So uh, they got a lot of talent. You know, Peyton Tolley's, uh, you know, piecing together a pretty compelling case for an All-American type season, you know, with what he's doing on the mound, at the plate. Uh, you know, Brock Rodden's obviously, uh, you know, a superstar talent for Wichita State. Uh, Chuck Ingram's hitting, uh, you know, the leather off the ball. So, you know, they got a lot of talent. If they put it together, you know, they're still in this American Athletic Conference, you know, championship race. And I think the four series to go, big one this weekend, you know, if they're able to get those games off, uh, you know, they need to take care of business against Memphis. That's the last place team, I believe. So, Obviously, the ideal would be a sweep. You got to at least win that series. So, um, and then it's going to be a tough from uh, here on out. So, uh, I think it's just exciting that the Shocker baseball, you know, is back in that conversation about talking about you know potential conference championships. All right, Tanner, good stuff. We'll continue to follow you and see uh, what uh, what is next on Paul Mills' agenda. Thanks for coming on the show with uh, short notice today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'll pay that cell phone bill, too. There you go. Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagle as we talk all things Shockers. We'll come back. Uh, We'll have a segment before Jive Talk. 325 former Shocker pitcher uh, Anthony Capra will join us. And then uh, for five questions, our friend Chris Davis, the now retired basketball coach at Campus High School. That's exciting. Retiring. Yeah. Thoughts. Sad. It is kind of sad. How can you not coach longer than your friend Weston Sharks and let him have that over you for the rest of your lives? Well, I, we'll talk to him about that. That may be one of your questions. Maybe it will. You know, I mean, I, I always said, who's going to win the first state championship between those guys? Uh, Chris had a great look at it in the yeah. COVID year. And, uh, boy, he got it ripped away. Didn't lose a game. No. I think I think he would have done it. And... Uh, we may wait for decades upon decades for Weston to get back. Probably. <laughs> I hope he's listening, but I know he's not. That's too bad. But I wish he was. Maybe he does sometimes. Maybe. So I got home this afternoon, and I went to put something on my kitchen table, right? Sure. Because it's right there. So I often drop something right there on my kitchen table. Well, you certainly don't eat Which there. my wife doesn't like, but uh, it, it, it's handy. I put it down, I close the door, whatever. Sometimes I leave it there. Uh, Today there happened to be a bottle of fingernail polish sitting there, which I either didn't see or saw and knocked off the table. Uh, It broke, and in the midst of trying to clean up a terrible mess of fingernail polish, which is just awful stuff. It's, uh, It's not good. Ladies, find something else to put on your fingernails. Well, find something less toxically smelling. Well, can you smell it? Yeah. (laughs) So it's all over my hands now. I look like I have some kind of rash. You do have hive-looking things. Um, Yeah. You probably did. You notice it earlier? Just now. Did you? Did you kind of wonder yourself what the heck's happened? That's fingernail polish, and I don't know how to get it off. You My wife bought use, me some uh, fingernail polish remover. Yeah, that's how you do it. And I'm going to put that on my skin? 
I don't know. I don't know if it goes on skin. I don't know that it does either. I probably wouldn't do that. So, and I wash my hands 50 times. Is this permanent? Yeah. You're, no, never... no, be honest. No, it's not permanent. Well, how does it come off? It comes off the way Skin it cells grow, right? Exactly. And this this skin will uh, ultimately disappear. Right. I don't know if we need to know all those details. Well, now it, we know. It kind of grosses me out that the skin that this uh, fingernail polish is currently covering will just die. And it'll become and dust. And it'll be replaced by other skin cells. And they won't be uh, shaded by this fingernail polish. That really consumes my hand right now. And I don't know for how many, how long does a skin cell live? A few days, at least. So these will be, this will be around for a few days. Well, it'll fade over time. It won't be. But washing it with soap doesn't do anything to it. What is, what well, is? Well, apparently it's done a little bit because it's not as, it's not like bright red. Well, this was pink fingernail polish, almost. My wife has a share thing. Um, well, why'd you blame her for it? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> what? Do you not know this is a radio show? Yeah, but I heard you talking before. What'd I say? Why'd you leave that there? Something like that. I said that? Yeah. Well, if she was down here right now, I'd ask you the same question. She said she doesn't remember leaving it there. Yeah. And my point would be, you're leaving that in a in a spot that it's very likely to get like off. how do they get broken? You just drop something on it? Yeah, I just I either did something with my hand. I I, I don't recall. You but knocked, I put something on the table and it knocked the fingernail polish off. You know, fingernail polish comes in a very small bottle. I know. So I may not have even been aware. Why do you have it on your fingers? Would be the question. Why do why do people wear fingernail polish? Well, it's it's a beautiful. No, case. why do you have it on your hands? Because I was uh, using a sponge to clean it up, and it got on the sponge. It was hard to you spill. You get a handful of paper towels and scoop. That's it up. what I did, but it doesn't work. You got to get water. You gotta you gotta apply water to fingernail polish to have any chance. It was in my sink, and it was hard to get uh, cleaned out cleaned out of the uh, ceramic sink. Well, that must mean it's pretty effective. It, it's just sticks. It's just, what is it? What do they make fingernail polish out of? Look it up. Uh, no. No? Do I have That's to? That's why you're on the show. What if I just don't want to do that? But it's the most powerful stuff. I hate this phone. And no wonder it drives. I'd like to hear from one of our great women callers. <laughs> about the do we have any of those about the pluses and minuses of fingernail polish uh i know women who won't use it no matter what i know women who use it every day i know women who only want to use it on special occasions uh, i'd like to know the uh, the real attitude toward fingernail oh, you'll polish love this you you probably better get your dog out of here uh it's made of formaldehyde toluene and debutyl phthalate. These chemicals are known as the toxic trio or the big three. Well, am I going to live? Doubt I, it. I don't think fingernail polish is meant to spread on skin. Well, let's find Although out. Although fingernails are very close to skin, right? So how careful are women when they do their nails? 
Do they do their best? What I need a I need a woman caller. Why don't you just have Debbie come down here? And because tell I don't I don't I don't know I don't know why I don't. But I need I need somebody who can speak. It can absorb the chemicals from it into your skin and bloodstream. You, are you saying my bloodstream is in danger? <laughs> no, really. Don't don't just throw this out there and laugh. If you're telling me that right now my blood could be in danger, that's oh, wait, something wait. I need to know. It is. I'm feeling faint. <laughs> Maybe we should call this show off. Go to the Royals. No, I am. I just suddenly felt a little bit like, whoa, a little faint. And nobody's calling to tell me anymore. It's sad. Um, That's enough. I don't need to hear anymore. I'm already... I'm already frightened. I but I guess my point would be, and I haven't thought about fingernail polish in many, many years. I guess my point would be why? What was the question? Why? Why what? Why? Why fingernail polish? Because it looks nice and it stays on your fingers and it does look nice, but do you really hold it against women who don't use it? Oh, I yeah. don't. Oh yeah. You really do. Does your wife use fingernail polish? Uh, sometimes. What's her favorite color? Mm. Yeah. Wait, I thought you were all about this. <laughs> uh, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know. Does she use clear fingernail polish? No. And why do you? Why would anyone? I don't think use she uses fingernail polish that much. Well, that's my point. I've banned it in my house. You don't have any say over your wife and whether she uses. I hate the. I hate the smell. I can't stand it. Is it? Is it strong right now here? It because was upstairs. To it. it was upstairs. We need to open some windows. My bloodstream suddenly feels weird. Well, I you... can feel the blood as it streams through my body starting to pause. I, I, I feel you probably it. have, have you, some kind of poisoning. Have you ever felt that? Uh-uh. Where your blood, you can feel it stopping? No. Never felt that one. It, that's what's sounds happening pretty, right now. Sounds pretty dangerous, though. Well, you just said it affects the bloodstream. It can. I doubt it. I doubt it does. I doubt you are at that. Do you stage. enjoy these kinds of conversations? No, not really. <laughs> I get a feeling that our audience loves them. They probably do, but you have to be in on them, and I don't know. I'm if in you, on it. I don't know if you enjoy them or not. You know, I'm in on it. I, I'm in on it by not being in on it. You know what I'm saying? No, that's not a good enough reason. It's not a good enough reason. There are really no, like, I got fingernail polish all over my hands, what do I do, articles. Well, that, that's because all of them are dead. This is... They, they, can't, they can't put them on Wikipedia because... Well, well a doctor. Well, no, he, he, he doesn't want to... This is, you are literally patient zero for this. He doesn't want to strike fear into everyone. Well, by that's telling what the, the internet truth. is for. When, when your bloodstream is affected by something, we got problems. That's all I can tell you. I don't know. I don't know and anything I've, about I've that. Never, my bloodstream has never felt worse well, as we go to break. We'll see if I can make it for hour number two. It's going to be tough. The Bob and Jeff Show on KFH. We're going to give away. Uh, let's give away four uh, wind surge vouchers for a game of your choice. Wind surge Springfield with three more games in their series down at Riverfront Stadium. They got a nice tarp they cover the field with. Uh, they're they're going to play tonight. You would assume. Uh, you would assume. They got great drainage there. 
and then Saturday night and Sunday afternoon. If you'd like uh, four vouchers to see the wind surge, give Max a call, 869-1240. That's the IHOP hotline. We'll be back with our number two. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.